Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a June 22nd Thursday edition, draft night edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia-Gunderson, currently broadcasting from the car of my buddy Anand Pandian as we return from the palatial Blazers practice facility here in Tualatin as the Portland Trailblazers just finished their draft, and I think we all expected a lot of fireworks, and there was movement. Portland did make a trade, but it was not as big as a lot of people hoped, including probably a lot of you out there. Uh, Anand, Anand, what did you think of the night tonight? Um, yeah, I mean, the Blazers, they made a trade to get Zach Collins from Gonzaga. They traded two of their picks. Um, you know, I wasn't too aware of Zach Collins, but, you know, after we talked with him for a little bit and uh, we talked with Neil Shea, the GM of the Blazers, or president of basketball operations, and um, Shea is definitely high on him, so we'll see, we'll see what happens. But the whole evening itself, you know, the draft is always fun. Uh, there's always drama that happens. It's always fun to pay attention to that. Definitely. And just to recap, as as Anin mentioned, the Blazers traded picks 20 and 15 to the Sacramento Kings for the 10th pick, which ended up being Zach Collins from Gonzaga, who I also took in the locked-on mock draft, but I took him at 15. Uh, and it seems like there was a lot of surprises in the top 10. Malik Monk falling out of the top 10 to 11. I think uh, there's a lot of folks that look at Monk and maybe think that he's the best player available, and I don't think they're mistaken because he was such a good player. Uh, but uh, Olshay explained after uh, the selection about the moment that he had when he saw him uh, playing against the University of Portland, hitting a trail three-pointer, uh, and and then also having a nice post-up play where he, he made a play for someone else out off the block. And toughness was a, a really big thing tonight. The other pick, before we continue on, the other pick that the Blazers made tonight, they kept two of their, they kept, they made two selections, they traded two of their picks, but they made two selections, Zach Collins at number 10 and Caleb Swanigan from Purdue at number 26, which I think caught a lot of folks by surprise. Uh, Swanigan was projected as a late first-round pick, and you look at the Blazers roster, they already have, they just picked Zach Collins, they have 
Yusuf Nurkic. Noah Vonley played a lot of big minutes down the stretch, but it seems like they didn't really care about any of that. And they just said, hey, these guys are the two best guys, according to Neil Olshay, and that's why they made the selection. And uh, I can't lie that I was a little confused. I thought that Portland needed some wing help. Semi Ojale, who a guy that I've really liked and talked about on this podcast a lot, uh, was available at 26. Another guy that could potentially be like a wing, a four, big wing, could play some small ball center is Jordan Bell. He didn't go at 26 either. Uh, he went to the Golden State Warriors. And the Blazers just... They said that they took the best player available, so I guess you have to take them at their word. But uh, it seems like there's kind of a logjam there. If, you know, Myers Leonard is still under contract, Ed Davis has one year left, Vonley strong, had a strong showing at the end of last year, Aminu plays four. I mean, how do you think that this all shakes out? Because it, like, it feels like there's something else left to be done, right? Yeah, I think this could be the end of uh, Myers Leonard tenure here and Portland. Um, you know, we had the Blazers banter uh, panel last week uh, with Jason Quick. Eric was there as well as Joe Freeman from Oregonian. And, and Jason Quick brought up a good point that, uh, well, he had a, it wasn't really a point. He brought up the, the idea that the Timberwolves have in the past been interested in Myers Leonard. So maybe there's a deal that the Blazers would do with Minnesota for Leonard. But um, so one of the interesting things that Olshay talked about was with these two guys he drafted, the Blazers drafted, was uh, kind of like their mental toughness, how they brought some t- toughness to the team. And we all know that Myers kind of struggles with mental toughness. Well, and, and I think, too, uh, another another factor there is not just Myers. You know, Vonley, too, is, is a strong player. He has good strength, just physical strength. But I think a lot of times uh, it... The, the, he doesn't have enough of an edge sometimes, and I think that really hurts him. Uh, and the one thing that we could definitely gather after talking to Collins was that he's a tough dude. Like Collins, Collins will be like, Collins will mess around. Like yeah, he's confident. He was, he was I mean, super confident. Yeah, he was saying what he was going to be rookie of the year. Um, he, he set his goals for himself like very high, like because he was like, I'm not going to limit myself, which is obviously smart to have that type of confidence. But it was interesting to hear. Yeah, it was super interesting to hear that Zach Collins, as we are on the freeway right now, as you may have heard, uh, in Anand's car right now. Yeah, this is uh, Richard Jefferson and uh, Channing Fry. They had that road tripping podcast. But they don't, they don't really move on their podcast, right? No, they just do it when they're on the road. Yeah. They, we're, 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 <laughs> we're, we're, we're way more on brand with the yes. road tripping right now than, yeah. than uh, uh, RJ and Channing Fry. Uninterrupted, get at me. <laughs> yeah. For a podcast, I, I love the Lockdown Podcast Network, but I know LeBron's got the uninterrupted money. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, the Blazers got two guys that are, are they say are very tough. Collins seems like a a pretty tough cookie, and I did not know this about Collins. His his blazer was quite uh, stylish, repping Las Vegas. Yeah, that's, I guess that's where he's from, and he was he was rather proud. To be, he had what that welcome to Las Vegas logo or sign. Yeah, yeah like the Las Vegas sign though, that you could go to on the strip, yeah. and, and he had it on the inside of his blazer. And even his shoes had like some sort of Las Vegas uh, theme to it. Uh, but going back, you mentioned how uh, 
Olshay talked about how when he went to the Gonzaga University of Portland game, he saw like one play, right? And he was just like, oh, that's it. This guy's top 10. Did you think like, how did you uh, like think about that comment from? Do you think he like, did you actually like take him like, oh, this dude's legit off that one play or? I, I, I think sometimes you do have moments where you're like, you just decide like when you're watching a guy and I, and I've had that too sometimes where I watch a guy and I'm like, I'm in like, and, and it happens. Like I can't, I, and, and as, as experienced as all these talent evaluators are at the end of the day, there's still human beings watching basketball. And if they get intrigued or, you know, impressed by something, they're going to like that guy for a long time. And, uh, yeah, it seemed, it seemed like that game, because Collins, did, they were unable to get him in for a workout, because Olshay said, like, um, they didn't think they could pick him at 15. So, it seemed like game had a lot of influence on Olshay's decision, and obviously the rest of the front office decision to pick him. Yeah, they definitely, they cited that UP game. Another thing that Olshay cited in his press conference was he said that, uh, Collins started the season off the bench, didn't really have a big role, and then just as the season went along, he got a bigger role, got more minutes. Uh, I think a lot of folks were really just negative on it because, you know, you read his his Draft Express profile and it reads like another version of Myers Leonard. But I think, uh, you know, a lot of other, you know, that's, I think, a, a surface-level observation. And I think a lot of the guys that I've talked to that really pay attention to the draft that really focus on this draft and study it year round guys like Mike Weisenberg, uh, another guy, Sam Vicini, uh, whose podcast I was on, who also endorsed, uh, getting Collins for the Blazers. You know, those guys are really big on Zach Collins. So uh, I, I do trust those guys that have seen him more. And one of the other things I liked about Collins back to the Vegas point, you don't, you don't meet that many people from like that are from Vegas. Um, Anthony Bennett, right? Wasn't he from Vegas? Or that did he just? He's he he's Canadian. Oh, that's right. My bad. Yeah, he went to UNLV. Yeah, I guess you're right. There's not too many guys who are straight up from Las Vegas. Yeah, like like I'm from Vegas and like I got out. Like yeah, it's like right. it's like Andre Agassi and like Floyd Mayweather. Right. Or like or, and and and, I, and shout out to my Oregon Ducks fans, Johnny Lloyd. <laughs> uh, but. Yeah, so I, I, I kind of, I, I don't know why. I, I like that he's from Vegas because I feel like I just, I don't meet that many people that are just straight up from Vegas. Um, and then the other pick, Caleb Swanigan, seems like a kind of a redundancy uh, at that at that spot. But I think it also, too, could be Nurkic has, I don't, you know, I don't want to ran the parade for anybody, but Nurkic has a pretty checkered injury history pretty early into his career. Like, he hasn't been able to stay healthy that long in his career. He was in really good shape last year and then got hurt again. Like, it could be that it's insurance in case that Collins and Swanigan are both insurance. If Nurkic leaves, potentially if Vonley gets a big deal in free agency, and or if Nurkic's health is an issue. I, 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 think, I think those are all options, but uh, they got two bigs. It seems like they need to do something with those bigs. It seems like they might need to make a move, but at the same time, Olshay didn't mention financials. He didn't mention salary cap. And it seems like it's not that big of a deal for them, really, even though everyone looking from the outside nationally says it is, because on paper it is, but it seems like they just don't care. Yeah, it seems like they don't care. And, and yeah, I mean, right now, all right, they pick these guys. We just got to see how they do in Summer League, which, of course, Summer League is, like, that's where, like, Marco Bellinelli was, like, MVP or whatever. 
So you gotta take it with like a grain of salt. Jared Bayless. Jared Bayless, former Portland Trailblazer. Yeah, right? the, the Dame's MVP definitely was way more meaningful than Jared Bayless's summer league MVP. Yeah, so we gotta see how they play in summer league, and yeah, I don't know. You gotta give people a chance. I mean, O'Shea brought up a good point, but somebody asked him how would he rate this draft, and he's like, it's like you can't really rate these things, but it's just me like more entertainment because you gotta see how these guys actually play once the games begin. But like, also. You know, like like Eric just talked about how they do have a lot of bigs on their roster. I'm also wondering how many minutes these guys will be getting, you know? So, especially if you draft in Collins' 10th pick, that's lottery selection, right? And you would think, too, that you give up two picks to move up to take someone that you covet so highly. Obviously, Olshay doesn't make that final decision on uh, who to start and who to play and who to give minutes to, but... I feel like there's got to be a lot of pressure there when you give up that much to start Zach Collins. And it, and, and it seems like Olshay believes that he and Nurkic can play together, which uh, I think some people are skeptical on that and with Swanigan as well. But it, it does seem like they have a lot of big men and you also throw in the fact that they occasionally play small. It's, it's, a, it's a really interesting move because it, it really goes against what the rest of the league is doing. It, it, it's honestly completely the opposite of where yeah. I think a lot of teams are. And, I, I mean, do you but, see it that way? But I guess because the Collins could shoot, right? He's a shooter. So it, and Swanigan, too. Yeah, and so they're both, um, you know, Collins, you know, from whatever highlight videos or stuff I saw, I see, like, he had a quicker release than, like, a Myers Leonard, per se. Um, it's able to roll a little more quicker, play a little more quicker, which should fit at least you know for where the league's going fast and stuff yeah and if if swanigan too can can post up smaller guys if he can if he can continue to lose weight and transform his body even more uh i i I think that's a you know a really good opportunity uh to uh you know if if he continues to get slimmer and quicker and better you know that that pick becomes even better, uh, and and with Collins too, he has a quick release. He's skilled, and that's I guess another difference. These guys aren't like back to the basket bigs, but it does seem like Portland is going kind of in an opposite direction. Not not in. Okay, I don't want this to sound. This is like. This may sound like very too optimistic at this point, but it does seem like it's a going against the grain to the point of like, it's kind of like the Spurs signing Pau Gasol and David Lee. You know what I mean? Like they're just getting, they're getting skilled big men, but it's weird because they have two guards who are like, go, go, go. It's very, I'm extremely interested to see what the final roster is. Cause first I just can't believe that this is it. And you know, uh, I guess, you know, the big news today was that Jimmy Butler got traded. So that was, like, a big name that got moved. And, you know, these are guys, like, Butler's been in, what, trade rumors for the last two years or something. Paul George still had rumors. So I feel like, like, yeah, you're right. The roster, I, I don't know if we can say it's fully set, but there, there's probably going to be some moves. And it like Portland at least has a lot of guys who could be moved and potentially maybe they will, may make the deal. So, but, yeah, I agree. It will be interesting to see how, how the roster shapes up and, who goes, who stays, if they all stay at what. 
Yeah, going to be very, very interesting to see what happens. Yes, of course, Jimmy Butler got traded. That was the, another enormous domino to fall. Minnesota trading Zach Levine, Chris Dunn, and the number seven pick for Butler and the number 16 pick, which, uh, you know, Blazer fans, if you're, if, you're, if you're bummed out, at least you're not a Bulls fan yeah. or a Knicks fan. Well, the Knicks still the Knicks still haven't traded Porzingis, so it's not all so bad. I guess so. And they got uh, Frank the Tank, yeah. the the point guard from from France, <laughs> yeah. who was like projected to fall to Portland. Uh, but yeah, pretty interesting night and kind of unexpected, I think, because I don't think Portland, after Nurkic fever and all that stuff, it it did not seem like big men were going to be the big targets. But uh, they were apparently the best player available and. Uh, we're going to have more for you on this draft in the coming days. And by that, I mean we're going to do it next week because we've done a lot of podcasts. And uh, I think we need to let this marinate for a little. Zach Collins is going to be introduced, it sounds like, on Monday uh, with the Blazers. So we'll have some kind of recap from that. And I think we're going we're gonna to wrap it up here. Uh, and we'll also share with you a little bit of uh, audio with uh, Zach Collins and his interview, a very confident player. And I think that one thing that Portland definitely needed was confidence. What made you think that you were ready to jump to the NBA? Uh, I mean, playing against great competition all year, especially in the tournament, let me know that, you know, the competition doesn't matter, you know, and, and my game will stay the same and, you know, even elevate against better guys. So, you know, that told me that I was ready. And, you know, being on one of the biggest stages in the world, playing in front of 70 plus thousand fans you know in that arena during the final four you know and i wasn't nervous at all and it kind of let me know that you know i'm ready for the next level have you got to speak with the blazers coaching staff or the uh, front office at all yet no not yet i've been doing media for like an hour straight so <laughs> well thanks yeah no problem thank you uh, what, are, what are some of your initial goals heading into your rookie season uh goals heading into my rookie season correct um, you know, I don't see the, you know, why I can't be the rookie of the year. You know, I want to be, you know, I want to be a defensive player. I just, I just want to be, you know, the best player I can be. And, you know, growing up, I've always had high goals for myself and always kind of told myself why not. And um, so if I, if I go in and stick to the plan that I've had my whole life, is just stay in the gym, work hard, learn, soak in all the information I can from the vets and from the coaches and just try to get as many wins as possible. And, you know, if individual accolades come with that, then, then great. But, you know, I want to win. Wait, wait, I just shrug. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, from Anand's car, it's been real. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.